place. If you would stand, we'll get started with our service. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 says, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and do so much the more as you see the day approaching. It's good to be in the Lord's house. Uh, Brother Peterson, would you open us, please? And join me sing page 397, Little is Much When God is in It. No, not one.
page 441, Great is Thy Faithfulness.
have a thank you card. Dear Shawnee Mission Baptist Temple, thank you for your generous love offering towards the purchase of our new property uh, for Bridgeway Baptist Church. What a blessing to partner with you and to see souls saved in Vancouver, Washington. God bless you for your giving spirit, Bridgeway Baptist Church. I was the reasoners, and it's so good to be a part of that. Well, we've got Brother Chuck one more time. Come on, Brother Chuck, preach for us. All right, turn to 1 John, please. 1 John chapter number 3. <clears throat> we had a China King for lunch, and um, I'm not a believer in fortune cookies, but uh, Charlotte pulled this out of one that said, you will move to a wonderful new home within the year. <laughs> so, I guess they're real. I'm just kidding. No, 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 wait. That's not it. That's not it. 1 John chapter 3. And uh, we'll start in verse number 11. 
For this is the message that ye heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother, and wherefore slew he him? Because his own works were evil, and his brother's righteous. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hate you. We know that we have passed from death unto life, because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer, and ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And hereby we know that we are of the truth, and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart, and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of, the Son of, uh, uh, on the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him. And hereby we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit which he hath given us. This morning we talked about uh, beloved be righteous. And because of the, uh, because of the uh, relationship that we have with God, and because of the relationship that we have with him, and because of his righteousness, we ought to try to, uh, try to pursue that. We ought to try to be righteous people because of who he is and who we are. Uh, but the second thing that, that John gets to us here in chapter number three is this, beloved, be loving. Beloved, be loving. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity uh, to meet one more time in your house today. And um, Lord, thank you so much for our time here in, in Shawnee. And um, Father, I just ask you to help us as we look at at First John chapter number three, that uh, you would help us to understand the importance of loving one another. And I uh, thank you for this church. This I, I don't think this is a uh, a message of of, uh, of of to do something that they're not doing, but uh, to continue on and to grow in something that they're already doing. And uh, Lord, we love you and are so grateful for your son, Jesus Christ, in his name. Amen. <clears throat> to go along with the responsibility to be righteous is a responsibility of every single person who's a believer uh, to be loving one to another. Uh, just as much as the responsibility that we have to be righteous and to be holy and to follow after the commandments of Jesus Christ and to, and to follow what He has for us by way of life, just as much as that responsibility is a responsibility to be loving one to another. Uh, they, they go hand in hand, uh, and both of them are just as important as the other. And so uh, this, of course, we understand uh, as you read through the book of 1 John, it's not a very long read, uh, but as you read through the book of 1 John, you understand this is a, a very large theme of John uh, uh, in, in this letter as well as his two other letters and in the, in, in the gospel of John as well, that, that the disciples of Jesus Christ whether they are the disciples that walked with Jesus uh, while he was on this earth or disciples that now walk after him while we are on this earth, that disciples of Jesus Christ uh, ought to be loving one to another. Uh, that, that's the responsibility that we have as his followers. And so we've considered some of that this morning as we considered uh, verse number one and two, that, 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 that the Father loved us and, and he bestowed upon us the, uh, 
the privilege and the opportunity to be the sons of God and daughters of God. Uh, and, and so we've, we've spent some time uh, considering that God loves us, uh, but, but let's, what is the next step after God loving us? After we understand, uh, though we can't really truly understand, but uh, as we try to grasp His love for us, what, what do we do with that love? Uh, we don't just keep it, but as recipients, we ought to reciprocate. And so uh, we ought to love one another. So verse number uh, 11 through 15, we find this, that loving our brothers and sisters in Christ helps us to avoid unrighteousness towards them, right? Uh, as we love one another, uh, it makes it easier to not sin against one another if we really love them. Uh, and so we find here, verse number 11, that, that John proclaims the beginning of a, a new message. Uh, as we go through the book of 1 John, you see back in chapter number 1, you don't have to turn there, but in chapter 1 and verse number 5, we find that this was one of John's main messages. He says, this is the message that we declare to you, that God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. That's kind of the first message that John gives to us in chapters 1 and 2. And in chapter 3, verse number 11, we find the second message that John gives to us, and that is this, that you have heard from the beginning that we should love one another. Uh, John would have been, uh, he recorded for us the, uh, when Jesus gave to his disciples this commandment. John chapter number 13, verse 34 and 35. Uh, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another. Uh, that as I have loved you, so love ye one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. And so this is the message that John has heard from Jesus Christ himself. Uh, as John walked with Jesus on this earth, and as he uh, learned of him, and as he tried to follow him, uh, Jesus told John he's, and the rest of the disciples, uh, love one another. And so as John writes now to these, to these believers to try to, to, to join them together in fellowship one with another, uh, verse number 4 of chapter number 1, uh, he says this, here's how unity, here's how fellowship is possible, and that is by loving one another in Jesus Christ. Uh, verse number 12, we find that, uh, that Cain's unloving attitude toward his brother ended in murder. Right, verse number twelve. Not as Cain. Uh, so John is drawing a contrast here, right, in between verse number eleven, and verse number twelve. He says, "Love one another, not as Cain." So we understand this that Cain did not love his brother, and that's pretty easily discernible when you understand Cain's story, right? Uh, Cain was jealous that God accepted Abel's sacrifice instead of his own, and in in that jealousy, in that envy. And, and we find here in verse number 12, even uh, John just gets right to the brass tacks. In that evil, in, in that wickedness, in Cain's heart, Cain slew his brother uh, physically, uh, literally. Uh, it was not a metaphorical thing. It was not anything like that. He literally took his brother's life uh, because of the evilness in his heart, because of the evil and wickedness that he harbored in himself. And so John's drawing a contrast. He says, uh, people, I want you to understand this, that you would love one another, not as Cain. Don't murder your brother. Now, if we took that literally, we would have nobody left, right? And you understand that. And so John makes here an application in verse number, uh, verse number 14 and 15, where he says this, We know that we have passed from death into life because we love the brother. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. Now that's reminiscent, uh, maybe, you rem maybe you remember this, in the Sermon on the Mount. Didn't Jesus say something similar to that? That if a man hate his, hate his brother or his mother his father in his heart, he's committed murder already. 
And so we understand this is from Jesus himself, you know, this teaching, this, this, this principle here. And John says in verse number 15, Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And so we understand that, that we ought to love one another. Loving one another means not hating one another. It's deep stuff. But it, 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 they can't both exist, right? You can't say, well, you know, I, I don't hate them, but I don't really love them, right? It doesn't work that way. It's hate or love. John, in, in, in John's letter here, he draws very stark contrasts over and over and over again. And so what he tells us is this, you can't walk the middle of this road. You, you can't walk the middle of the road here. You're either, you either hate your brother or you love him. Love him very actively. And we'll, we'll explore this kind of love in just a second of what he's talking about. But, but we need to, before we go on, we, we have to understand this, that, that we need to love one another because no one else is gonna. And I don't want to make us have a, a persecution complex or, or, or whatever, uh, but, but we do have to understand that the world does not love us. We have to understand that. Verse number 13, Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hate you. I'm not trying to, to make us be persecuted or, 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 or feel bad for ourselves or anything, but we do have to understand that they are not capable of even loving us, even if they wanted to, because they have not been touched by God's love the way that we have. Uh, and, and so marvel not if the world hate us. Marvel not if the world doesn't accept us. Don't, don't, don't be confused by that. It just makes sense because we, have, we follow one who does love us. And, and they have rejected. And so, uh, marvel not if the world hate you, but whosoever hates his brother among, the, among these walls of Shawnee Mission Baptist Temple, whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. What John is saying is this, if you're really a follower of Jesus Christ, you will love every single one of your brothers and sisters in Christ. If you really follow Jesus Christ, every single one of your brothers and sisters should be loved by you because they're loved by God. And so, uh, so loving the brethren is a trademark of true Christianity. True Christianity loves one another, no matter who it is, no matter how weird they are, no matter how different their personalities are, no matter if somebody's a Chiefs fan and somebody's a Raiders fan, right? No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter... Uh, their sports, uh, their sports preferences. It doesn't matter the car they drive, the amount of money that they bring to the church or don't bring to the church. A mark of true Christianity is that every single brother and sister in Christ is loved by every single other brother and sister in Christ. Um, this is not to exclude our responsibility to love all people. It's not because we are to love all people the way that Christ loved all people. But we do have a special. We should have a special desire to see everyone in these walls loved by everyone else in these walls. Hatred of the brethren is a sin likened to the sin of murder. Uh, and so we find this, that loving our brothers and sisters in Christ helps us to avoid unrighteousness toward them. When we love one another, it, it's easy not to do them wrong. It's easy not to have envy or jealousy or hatred in your heart toward them because you really love them the way that God desires you to love them. And so, secondly, I want to look at this, that loving our brothers and sisters in Christ means sacrificially giving ourselves to them. That's what it means, actively. Sacrificially giving ourselves for them. We have the example of Jesus Christ in verse number 16. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because He laid down His life for us, 
and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. This isn't just a suggestion. We should have an attitude of being willing to give everything of ourselves to, a brother, to our brothers and sisters in Christ. Because that's what Jesus did for us. It doesn't mean that everybody always dies for every single person, but it, we ought, it ought to be an attitude of our heart that no matter what happens, we can do everything that we can to show love one to another. Everything that we can. Uh, one, one person defined love this way, the sacrificial giving of oneself for the benefit of others without selfish thought of return. The sacrificial giving of oneself for the benefit of others without selfish thought of return. But how often do we do only part of that definition? Right? We'll sacrificially give of ourselves to help other people, but secretly we're, we're saying in our hearts, well, I'm trying to plant a seed so that somebody will love me later. That's not real love, my friends. It's not real love. Because Jesus died for every person, every person, including the people who would never love him back. Including the people who would never follow him. Including the people who would never say, thank you, God. The people who would never accept him. He died for that person. And so, while we ought to love one another, the fact is, is that some might not reciprocate that love, but that does not negate our responsibility to be loving one to another. Love is something that is to be shown and said. Verse number 18. My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Isn't it certainly one thing to say that you love somebody and another thing to show it? It's pretty easy to say, I love you. It's pretty easy to say the words. But when push comes to shove, when someone needs something, when somebody is in trouble, when somebody is hurting, uh, it's a lot harder to give that love. But that's when it's most important to give it. Uh, Verse number 17, But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth, shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? When we have opportunity to give, and the means to give, and we don't, does God's love really dwell in you? And many in this world, and many in this church are very blessed, and have the means to give, and have the opportunity to give, But if we don't, there's a problem. There's a problem. How dwelleth the love of God in him? Let us love not just in word and tongue, but love by actions. Let people know that you love them by doing something for them. By giving when it's necessary. By helping when it's needful. Verse number 19, we find this, that hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. Loving our brothers and sisters in Christ brings us into a a stable relationship with God. A stable relationship with God. Uh, we find other in, in John chapter number, 1 John 4, uh, we find that if, if somebody hates his brother but says that he loves God, he doesn't really love God. Uh, this is a convicting thought to me. Every single time that I think about this, it's always convicting to me. Uh, but we understand this to be true from 1 John 4 that you only love God as much as the person you love the least. Because if you hate your brother, You can't love God any more than that. You only love God as much as you love the person you love the least. And so when we love our brothers and sisters, it brings us into a right and a stable relationship with God. 
look at verse number third, uh, excuse me, 19. And hereby we know that we are the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence toward God. Uh, God is greater than our own deceiving heart. Sometimes our heart will start to remind us how bad we've messed up, right? I mean, you've been there. You don't have to raise your hand, but uh, sometimes your heart gets to you, right? Your flesh gets to you. Uh, you know, you've messed up so many times. There's no way that God will love you. There's, nobody, there's no way that anybody else will love you because they know your story. They know the stuff that you've been through. So there's nobody, and your heart starts to condemn you. But when you understand God's love for you and understand that God is greater than our heart and He knows all things, uh, then our heart doesn't condemn us anymore. And we, we cast down those imaginations and those, uh, the, every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. And we cast those things down so that we can understand that, that if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence with God. That even though we've been through those things, even though you've messed up this way or messed up that way, that even though your heart will condemn you, you can have confidence toward God because He loves you and gave His life for you. And so uh, this is, uh, God answers the prayers of those that are in a right, right relationship with Him. Look at verse number uh, 22. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of Him because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. And this is His commandment, that we should believe on the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as He gave us commandment. Uh, when we, uh, there's, there's something about uh, praying and, and asking God for a request that, uh, that we need to have a right relationship with Him when we come before Him. Uh, now, if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, First John chapter number 2, and he intercedes for us on our behalf, and he stands at, at God's side and says, hey, I know that this person sinned, but, but I forgave him, and I, I, I died for him, and, I, and I, I shed my blood for him. We have an intercessor, somebody who goes in between, and we have an advocate for us. But, but when we come before him and, and ask our requests and ask those things that are important to us and ask for those things that he desires for us to ask, uh, we need to understand that we need to be in a right relationship with Him. Uh, we need to be. We need to keep in mind that God has some restrictions when we pray. For uh, James chapter number four uh, says that we need to ask with the right motive. We need to ask with the right motive. Uh, a lot of times, people come to God and they ask Him for these things that maybe they're not even bad things, but they come with with selfish motives. Right, John, uh, James chapter 4 says, You have not because you ask not, or you have not because you ask amiss, that you may consume it upon your lusts. A lot of times we come before God and we think, uh, we, we just ask for something that's selfish, that's not really beneficial, that we can just consume it. Uh, God has that restriction. But also, He doesn't give us things that are inconsistent with His nature. In chapter number 5 of 1 John, Verse number 14, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And what it means is this, that there's sometimes that we ask for stuff that if God were to give it to us, it would be outside of his nature. It would be outside of his nature, and he knows better than we know. He knows more than we know, and he loves us more than we, than we love uh, ourselves and more than we love him. And so he knows the things that we need, uh, but when we ask according to his will, then he heareth us. And so we have to ask for things that are consistent with His nature. God answers the prayers of those in a right relationship with Him. That's not to say that God only gives us small things, right? We ought to ask for big things. We ought to ask for things that are big. Like for God to provide an apartment for us in California. 
That's a big thing. And, and, and it's not that God desires to give us small things, but the fact is that many people pray too small. Many people pray too small. How many of you have read uh, the autobiography of George Mueller? Okay, many. Uh, what, a, what a book. What a, what a record of God's goodness to somebody who will just ask God for help. Right? It's said that, that throughout his life in the 1800s, uh, 200 years ago, that George Mueller uh, prayed in about 1.3 million British pounds in 1800s. Uh, today, in American dollars, that would be about $51 million. Over the course of his life, he prayed in for the, for the cause of the gospel and helping the fatherless. It's not that we're praying too big. That's not it. But it's that maybe we're not asking with the right motive or we're praying for the wrong thing. So it's not that it's too small, but, but pray for the right thing. Pray with the right motives. It's not that God can't do it, but it's often that we don't ask. That we don't ask. And so God answers the prayers of those who have a stable relationship with Him. And we have a stable relationship with Him when we live a loving and a righteous life. And that's, that's this morning and this evening. If I was to put it together in one sentence, that would be it. That we have a stable relationship with God when we live a righteous and a loving life. When we live righteously according to what God wants for us, as we follow His commandments, as we read the Bible and we find what He expects of us and we try to do those things, not in our own power, in the power of the Holy Spirit as He enables us to do those things, but as we try to follow what God, as we try to be holy as our Father in Heaven is holy, as we try to do those things, and as we try to love one another, as we try to follow the commandment that Jesus Christ gave to us, His disciples, that we would be loving one to another, that's when we have a stable relationship with God. And that's when we can find joy and happiness, is when we are stable, right? So by way of application this afternoon, how do we be loving one to another? Uh, it's as easy as ABC. Letter A, avoid jealousy and envy. Avoid jealousy and envy. It's pretty easy to look at other people's life, isn't it? I wish I had that. Or I wish I was that. I wish that I could say things the way that that person says things. I wish that I had the money that that person has. I wish that I could sing the way that that person sings. I wish, I wish this, I wish that, I wish that. And we look at them and we start to even, if we're not careful, we even start to say, we even start to morph it in our minds. God, why didn't you give me this? And we become jealous and envious of our brothers and sisters in Christ. And so, avoid jealousy and envy. Let her be, be sacrificial. Be sacrificial. Take notice of the needs of others. Take notice of it. How often do we hear of something and we just let it pass on by? Even if it's not a need, even if it's just a want. Somebody says, I really enjoy that. Come, come the next Sunday with that thing, right? Be sacrificial. Help, help others as you have opportunity and as you have, as, as you have means. Galatians chapter number 6, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. For those that sow into the uh, spirit shall reap, uh, reap of the spirit, and those that sow to the flesh shall, of the flesh reap corruption. Uh, be, uh, uh, be not weary in well-doing. Uh, uh, and then verse number 10, As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto those who are of the household of faith. As we have therefore opportunity, and there is much opportunity to be good one to another. Be sacrificial, and then letter C, and it kind of goes hand in hand with letter B, but care on purpose. 
care on purpose. Be intentional about loving one another. Again, I, I, don't, I don't preach this because I think that Shawnee Mission Baptist Temple does a bad job of that. I, I, I don't think that. But we can always do better. And also, I want to say thank you for loving us for these past three years. Thank you for loving us. And as I mentioned just quickly this morning, when you didn't know us at all, when you didn't notice and we moved here and there was tons of people at our house that were waiting to unload a truck for us. Um, and then over these past three years, as we've seen time and time again, sometimes we didn't even know who it was, but people that loved on us financially, the people that loved us just came up and gave us a hug and encouraged us. Uh, and so we can always do better, but I want to say thank you so much. Thank you so much for these past three years. And uh, we love you and continue on. Continue on loving the brethren. Father, thank you so much for your love for us. And uh, Father, one more time, I just want to thank you for this church. And um, thank you for the people of Shawnee Mission Baptist Temple. <coughs> thank you for what they mean to us and for their love for us. And uh, Father, I ask that they would continue on they would stay faithful, they would continue on the path that they're going, and uh, they would continue to be in a stable relationship with you by being righteous and being loving one to another. Father, be with the time of invitation, in Jesus' name, amen. As we all stand to our feet, please, Jay sings verse number one of Cleanse Me. Well, it's been a good day, and uh, I think we'll do something different when we dismiss today. Uh, Miss Crystal, would you mind standing right over there? Brother Chuck wants to stand right there. What I'd like to do is encourage the ladies that'd like to to come and and pray around Miss Crystal. And you don't have to do it one at a time. You can just come up, 
maybe put your hand on your shoulder, just say a prayer and walk away, okay? It's not meant to be hours long. It's meant to just come, pray, and go, okay? And uh, you can pray at the same time. Those are kind of exciting prayer meetings. I've been in some uh, where they just gather around. The men are going to do that with Brother Chuck over here. And you can do that if you want to, and if you're not, then you're dismissed to go home. Uh, as soon as we do have one big word of prayer, then you're dismissed to go home. Uh, and remember to pray for these kids, and as we pray for them, uh, we need to pray for ourselves now, okay? Uh, we need to pray for the next Charles and Crystal, whoever that is, God knows, and uh, he'll bring them to us in his time, and uh, we just want to beseech him, okay, for that. Let's pray. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for this time together today. We pray to God that you'd be with Chuck and Crystal as they head out on the road tomorrow. You'd give them traveling mercies, and then, God, that uh, you would use them in a great and mighty way in the church that you've called them to. Uh, thank you for uh, the church you've given us, and, Lord, I pray that we would be a church of love that would be evident to those around us, that they might see Christ in us and through us in our activities and our actions, the way we treat others, Lord, might just be so evident our great love that we'd have for you. And thank you for this time together today. We love you, and we ask these things in your name. Amen.